Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Welcome to the next episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today I have with me Ludwig. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Ludwig, not everyone knows who you are. Would you mind sharing a little bit about all your amazing expertise and background and so on with the listeners so they get a little bit of a view into who you are? Absolutely. Um, so I'll start from the beginning. I started my career in sales uh, purely by mistake, but it fit perfectly. I then became such a horrible employee and advisor to help sales teams develop and become better. And that I did for many years. I specialized in the financial industry, but I, did it, I worked in, with many different industries. I still have some of my clients, of course, from the sales and negotiations advisory business. And in addition, I founded the Good Life Manifesto. This was just a little bit over a year ago, where the idea is to help people find what will make them happy in life and help them achieve that. Awesome. What makes you happy then? Uh, what makes me happy is... Traveling, meeting new people, new cultures, new foods. New foods, definitely. I'm a big, big food person. Um, and just being able to live life the way I want to. Every day, waking up and asking myself, where do I want to be today? And right now, where's the answer to that question? Uh, right now, I'm actually in a little suburb of Paris called the uh, Rue Malmaison. It's a nice little suburb. It's actually of the various uh, suburbs around Paris, one of my favorites. And that's it. It's a calm little place, unlike the, the busy, noisy middle of Paris. Awesome. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. And um, yeah, so sort of a little bit more around your background and so on, right? So you, you said you've, you've been working mostly in sales and so on. Obviously, yes. I have a, a lot of entrepreneurial listeners that, uh, mm -hmm. that occasionally struggles with sales, I would say. Any, any particular valuable lessons or any particular valuable sort of hints and tips for them? Absolutely. Um, so obviously, you know, each case is different. So I can't say that one thing works for everyone. But sure. the main thing that I found out already very early is even if you're not very good, sales is a numbers game. So if you contact enough people, if you reach out to enough people, at some point you will close a sale and you'll become a little bit better because you'll be able to learn what works and what doesn't. Just do that again and again and again. The hardest part with it, let's be honest, is the rejection when somebody says no. So it's just putting that aside and continuing. That's really the best thing I can say to anyone that's struggling a little bit. The first yes is the hardest one to get. Once you get that first one, there is usually a little switch in the person's brain. I'm talking about the salesperson or the executive, whoever is in the sale in this case. There's a little switch that happens and it becomes a little bit easier. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, that, makes, that makes sense. Um, how, how long have you been running your own business now? Uh, so at this point, it's, let's see, I'm 38 and I started my own business when I was 24, so 14 years. Yes, very good. Yes. What's, what's been the biggest management challenge that you have ever faced in your business? The biggest management challenge was being able to put a good limit between being friendly with people and being friends with them. 
there's a big difference between both. And that for me was the hardest part. And any horrible situations you've managed to get yourself in? <laughs> um, in yeah, that so regard? Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this one is very politically incorrect, maybe, but I was invited by one of the sales teams that I was training uh, to go out in the evening. And, you know, I, I always stay very professional in that sense. Um, most of the team were men, so no issues there. But there were two women and they joined uh, that evening also. And one of them, it turns out, because, you know, I was friendly with people, uh, was yep. hitting on me. And... Personally, I'm not really used to that. Okay, I don't have you know the Brad Pitt looks. I mean, a woman hitting on me at any point is like, oh, really? This is happening. But even more so when this is an employee that I'm training. Um, so I, I, you know, gave my apologies, walked out of there, and the next day, so they invited me again. I was like, nope, this is not happening again, guys. Uh, it was great. Thank you for the invite, but you go out on your own. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, yeah. Th th that was early in my career, by the way. That's a mistake I don't do anymore. Yeah. No, I, I would say, um, I mean, it's it's very typical, this thing with, like when you're working with, with friends or colleagues and the likes, and, and a lot of a lot of it often happens because people get promoted from within, right? So yeah. they're the first part of a peer group and, you know, they get promoted and suddenly they have to be everyone else's boss. and. Uh, some people find it very difficult and some p people find it not so difficult. Um, well, it's, it's actually one of the reasons that one of my clients one day was uh, debating with me whether he should promote someone from within or hire someone from outside. And it's one of the points that we had to bring up that there will be that issue. And will that person be able to deal with it? Yes or no? Yeah, I, I, would, uh, I, I would say if, if that's the biggest challenge, I would say... Uh, it's it's definitely a a situation to go for, but uh, but yeah, I mean it, it it totally makes sense, right? Because yeah, I, I think fundamentally, and and just just like all management, this is one of the lessons you need to learn, right? And I, I have a lot of people generally asking me like, can I be friends with my coworkers? And what I always tell them is is really. Um, more of a guidance is really you need to figure that out by yourself. Like if you're consistently able to be honest with yourself and treat the person as anyone else in the team because you just because you have a friendly relationship with them. If, mm -hmm. if that's the case, then you are okay to do it. But if you know with yourself that you would struggle to give a friend of yours like a performance uh, what, what do you call it? like a performance, performance review, review? Or, yeah. yeah like like you know give them some corrective action or even having to let them go if you know you struggle with that then you probably shouldn't go down the route of becoming too friendly with your staff right exactly. um, but but i've definitely like i've met in my career myself a lot of people who had a lot of opinions around it on, on both mm -hmm. sides honestly and uh, like naturally i've uh, I, I guess, unfortunately, somehow, uh, I'm, I'm unfortunately very unemotional myself, so I've never had a problem uh, with that particular aspect. Um, but I've definitely had people saying, oh, you can't be friendly with this person because, you know, that you're going to favoritize them. And I'm like, nope, I do exactly the opposite. The better I know people, the more I expect <laughs> from them. And, you know, my... my Anyone that knows me can definitely uh, attest to the fact that it's it's not fun being my friend and working for me. So. 
Well, that reminds me, by the way, of when I was uh, learning to drive. Uh, one of my mom's neighbors, he was a, um, uh, an, not an instructor, but a tester, you know, for the d- d- driving test. And yep. um, I, I was saying, oh, yeah, you know, it'd be great if I fell on him on my uh, testing day. Mom looked at me and said, absolutely not. Because he knows you, he'll be even tougher with you. Don't even go there, <laughs> you know. Um, yep. And it's true. It's true. I will say I had a great role model in that sense, is that my first client was actually a friend. That was the reason that he asked me, he said, you're a horrible employee, might as well, you know, be a freelancer. Here's your first job. Um, And he was very good at being friendly with everyone. He really is friendly with everyone. He's one of those people that you just want to become friends with. But he always had that limit. Even when he took out the entire team for an evening out, he would always be better dressed. He would pay for everyone. And he would come in every so often, but he would stay outside the group most of the evening. You know, so he made that physical difference, which made a difference also in people's mind. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Any other big challenges or any big struggles you've had throughout your career so far, management-wise? I'm not sure most people will be able to relate with, but some will in different ways. So, you know, the way that we look, uh, the way that we present ourselves makes a big difference in the way people perceive us. Yep. And I was not blessed with height. I was blessed with many things. Height is not one of them. If you put me in a group, I will usually be one of the shortest ones. Um, As far as management, that can be, at times, very difficult because some people's first impression may be very easily, oh, you know, it's part of our genes, you know, our instincts. We may have less respect for someone who is shorter than for someone who is taller. There are studies about it, so I'm not just making this up. Um, For me, that biggest challenge was presenting myself in a way that people didn't notice that. I mean, they would notice, you can't really miss it, but wouldn't pay attention to it. Meaning everything else had to be so perfect in the way I presented myself that they would overlook this part. Now, most people don't have this same issue as me, but everybody has something, you know, in which either they're not as confident in or people may see them differently and the my suggestion is make everything else as perfect as possible so that they will overlook whatever small other issue you have yeah uh, i'll i'll definitely follow on the on not blessed with height that's definitely also one of the things that i have not been uh, given gracious advantage <laughs> with if you say that way um okay, yes but but yeah, I, w- I, w- I would say honestly, I've I've never really had much challenge with it in life, and then I, I'd say actually, business travel is probably one of the areas where you really start enjoying the fact that you aren't hit, hurting your legs yes. and so Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, I was on a transatlantic flight from the U.S. you know uh, to Amsterdam, and yep. uh, you know in first class you can lay back the entire seat, you can really recline completely, right? Yep. yep. Next to me, there was a Dutch guy, and Dutch people are very, very tall, usually. Um, he, he wasn't able to, you know, lay back fully, so the 10-hour flight for him was not as comfortable as for me, where I just literally lay back straight and fell asleep. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. So I'm, I'm born in Denmark, which I think they're the second highest in average uh, in the world, uh, after the okay. Dutch. And um, okay. 
Yeah, I, I would say definitely. I've, I've like I, I'm I'm only one. I'm not sure what that's American, but I'm I'm one sixty. 167, 168 or something like that. So I was like in my class when I was a kid, there was only mm-hmm. one person out of a 30 person class. There was one person shorter than me. And wow. she was, she was like half a centimeter shorter or something like that. So uh, oh, for, wow. Danish, for Danish standards, I was ridiculously small, but uh, right. I'd say it's definitely not something I've ever noticed in management. Um, but but you're 100 percent right. I mean, there, there's a lot of studies around sort of the particularly height and also how good looking you are and things like that. Where you know it's 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 just attributed and and human beings just tend to look up to people who are you know either more masculine or feminine and, and so on. So that, that that makes total sense. So one of the things that uh, I was lucky with is that my mother always taught me to stand up straight. So between that and the fact that uh, the way I present myself in every other way is really, I mean, to the best of my ability, people really don't notice it. Um, I, I once had, you know, the, the, a friend's friend ask me what my height was. I answered, FYI, I'm shorter than you. And he was like, oh, really? I never would have guessed. You yeah. know, just because of the way that I hold myself and present myself. Yeah. No, it, it, it makes total sense. And I, I would say I, I unfortunately haven't been blessed with the, straight back but uh, I'm, I'm working on that one um but but as a, so one of the things that have worked really well for me and i am not sure if that's just management wise or life thing but but i've always loved to underplay myself like even as a as a management coach right i've mm-hmm. I, I don't say get dressed sloppy but i i really enjoy being definitely not the best dressed guy in the room because I really love to surprise people, if you will, or I, I like people to uh, not have high expectation because it makes them significantly easier to blow people away if they're not expecting much. So that's something that I've always worked really well for me. Just that that's other end of that spectrum. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting method. Uh, I don't think I'm ever the best dressed in room. Um, I just dress cleanly all the time, you know, like very put together. Sure. But, because, I mean, that is, but that's an interesting concept. I'd never thought about it in the way that you're presenting it. I, I, I Definitely as a coach, I, I really, really enjoy it. Like when I, if I, if I come into a business and, you know, I, I might wear jeans and a t-shirt or something. Um, I I mean, corporate, I used to wear a suit all the time. Right. But, but as a coach, like if I wear jeans and a t-shirt and I walk into a business where, you know, most other people are at least wearing a shirt or so on, I I don't know, like it's probably a personal thing more than anything. Cause I, I I kind of feel a little bit of a confidence boost from it. Um, again, because probably like yourself, like I know my stuff inside out, right? Like the same in business, like when I was in management and so on, like, yeah, I, just somehow I've uh, I've definitely I, I've always felt very comfortable when people um, sort of underestimated me, if you will. So, well, that's good. We're all different. We're all different. Uh, yes, we are. Uh, that's why the thing is, we all need to know our strengths and our weaknesses. Definitely. What What's your biggest weakness? Um, I like to laugh a lot. It's hard for me to be very serious, even things, you know, which are serious, I often deal with them with laughter. And yeah. I, it took me a long time to realize that that can be very off-putting for some people. 
it can also mean that, you know, it takes me longer to really put serious thought into an issue that may come up just because my first reaction will be to laugh it off. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's my biggest personal weakness. Interesting. Yeah, I've always, it's actually, I know a lot of interviewers have gone away from this question, but it's really? still, for me, one of the most interesting questions to ask. And I, I do a lot of sort of behavioral, like behavioral models, disc and my breaks and stuff, particularly disc. And, and I, I love being able to analyze people and, and see, one, how well they actually know themselves. And yeah. two, how honest they're willing to be with a stranger at an interview situation. Because <laughs> okay. they, they are probably those two things that for me make the different, the biggest difference with successful hires. Because I've always found that, you know, people who are willing to be honest and show vulnerability is generally the people, at least in the businesses that I that I own, is, mm -hmm. is generally the people that tend to work out the best. Now, it, if that's just in my uh, business necessarily, I'm not sure of, but uh, that's definitely something that I've found from a, a recruitment standpoint that works really, really well for me. So I have a, a theory about that, uh, if mm -hmm. I may. Uh, indeed. Um, the thing is, you know, in communication, uh, I'm going to use a, a Sun Tzu uh, quote, you know, Yep. Where if you know yourself, you can win half. If you know the other side, you can win half the battles. And, but if you know both sides, you can win all the battles, right? Yeah. So communication is not a battle, obviously. It's the opposite. You know, where you try to reconciliate with another person. Um, yeah. But essentially, the idea is to achieve a goal. Now, if you know the other side, you can win some of the battles. If you know yourself, you can win some of the battles. So if you know both, you can win most of the battles. And that's the reason for me that knowing myself uh, is just as important as knowing the other side that I'm communicating with because I can achieve better goals. You know, I can get there much more easily. That makes a, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, at, le at least for me, like I've, I've always found honesty to be one of the most important aspects of people definitely working in my, my kind of culture. But uh, mm -hmm. that that makes a lot of sense, and and generally my focus on communication always is is, is very strong because I I always fundamentally believe that it's it's the one thing that all people should always improve, right? Because we yes. we communicate all the time, like whether it's business or private or whatever, and therefore mm -hmm. you know it's it's one of those never-ending development areas for for all human beings, right? Absolutely. So yeah, interesting, interesting. So what, what's the biggest value that you usually add to companies that you come in and work with? Like what, what's sort of the biggest thing that people generally say to you, wow, you helped me do this thing? Depends if I'm working with a sales team or an executive, okay? Yeah. If I'm working with the sales team, usually the team uh, oftentimes, incredibly enough, starts off uh, by the time I'm done with them smaller than when we first started working because I fire easily. Okay, anybody who I think you know is not going to help us improve is out. Um, and so usually, even though, though they're smaller in numbers, they're actually able to achieve more sales overall. Yep. Um, that's when I work with a sales team. When I work with an executive, the funniest thing is that despite 
I, I, because I can push. I can really, really push. I need to hold myself back from pushing too much oftentimes. Um, yep. But despite that, by the time we're done working together, they feel a lot less stressed, a lot more relaxed in their work environment and able to achieve more because of that. Because oftentimes, you know, when we're stressed, when we have too much that's taking up in our minds in the loop again and again, we, we're not very efficient, not very effective in our working methods. And by the time we're done working together, they're usually able to achieve just as much, if not more, but in a much more relaxed way. Yep. That makes 100% sense. I had a client who, before we worked together, he used to have regular anxiety attacks in the office. Um, that sounds fun. It's horrible. We, we once had a call. I didn't know this in the beginning. And we once had a three-way call. And he called me up afterwards. He said, just that you know, after that call, I had to have a drink and a nap. I was like, why? He said, I was starting to be really, really anxious. And I was going to have an anxiety attack. I mean, you know that something is off, you know, when that's your issue. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We worked together for about a year, and by the time that we stopped working, he was a completely different person. Yeah. Excellent. And that, uh, I, again, that's very similar. <laughs> People always ask me, like, when should you start hiring and so on, right? And, you know, when's the best time to hire your first person? And, and I always say when, when you have financial calm to do so. So, yeah. you know, sometimes people go out and hire someone else, but it means that, you know, they won't eat for two months. And that's not a great, as an entrepreneur, that's not a great philosophy because the thing is every time you struggle with finances, you're, you're not calm as an individual and you spend so much time and energy thinking about finances that yep. you actually distract yourself so much, right? And Absolutely. Really that's, that, that big distraction is so detrimental for, and potentially so detrimental for business, right? So, yeah. That's, for, for business and for the person even in their personal life, you know? Yep, correct. I mean, at the end of the day, after you're done with your business, you still need to go home and live your life. And if you're doing something which is so detrimental to you, which badly affects your business, badly affects your mental and probably physical health too, then you should not be doing it. So when you say go home, do you mean like actually kind of have, a life, have a life outside the business? I know it's surprising, right? <laughs> right. Interesting. <laughs> That's a new concept. <laughs> <laughs> I know most people are really, they've never heard of it before. <laughs> no, a, a lot of people, they listen to this dude called Gary Vee and he says they have to hustle every, oh. every, every hour of every day. So, yeah. Okay, so no, oh, I, I will say, you know, I, he, Gary Vee has a lot of great insight. He does. Um, but, and for a long time, I really had a hard time with him because of that, you know, message that he has of you need to be hustling all the time. Um, I will say that he did once catch himself and say, look, this lifestyle is not for everyone, you know? So at least that was good. But this idea of all the time being on the go, there are very few people who really enjoy their lives that way. Most people do not. He does apparently, and that's great for him, but he is definitely not a role model for most people. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. And actually, I, I, um, I, I think the fundamental and, and where most people go wrong is, again, like if you're working 24 hours a day type thing, you, 
the, the problem for most people is they are, they are maybe working way too much, but they're always doing the wrong things, right? Where I think that there's definitely some people, I mean, if, if you look at people like Musk, for example, I, I'm not saying he couldn't be better if he worked less, but I'm saying that there's definitely people who are very, very, very focused on what they do and who can, who actually, you know, have built up a great team around them and, and can actually achieve relatively amazing things yes. uh, and because they, they are so focused and they're really good at what they do. The thing is, most entrepreneurs is not that, right? So exactly. most entrepreneurs haven't figured out what they're doing. And when they're working uh, ridiculously many hours, what they do is they're literally cutting their own legs off because they're not at a point where they actually are doing the right thing. So, and every time they're doing the wrong things and they keep doing it and they keep pushing and they keep killing themselves. Uh, basically what happens fundamentally is that they actually put the business in a much more difficult situation because they, they really end up in a situation where, you know, they aren't taking care of themselves and they actually run the business to the ground because they're yeah. working so many hours. Absolutely. Now and I'll add that, you know, even with the, it, one of my biggest life lessons is I'm 38 today. My father died when he was 41. Okay. Yep. And all, I keep that in mind all the time because don't get me wrong. I'm very hungry, you know, for uh, my businesses to work well and I love it. But ultimately you never know when it could end. I have a friend, a childhood friend who uh, died uh, two and a half years ago. I mean, he was 35, you know, that's young. That's very young. Totally. And you can never know when it could be something really dumb, right? Or it could be something, yeah. like, there are many different reasons. Now, if you're working full time, you know, because you have a big goal, a big dream, that's awesome. But don't forget that you also need to enjoy the path. L and the path, life. Yeah, the path also includes the rest of life, not just work. Yeah. And reality for, for, for all of us is that, you know, life is on a clock. Like. Exactly. Uh, and ultimately, here's the thing, you know, the, the work is incredibly important, but you enjoy it more when you also have a contrast, as with everything, you know, yeah. just like you can't know what joy is without pain, right? You can't really enjoy the work. 100% if you don't have the contrast of life which is not work yeah that makes a lot of sense and uh, uh, as I've always said like the way Musk leave his life as an example where you know he's like oh yeah I should spend 35 minutes with my kids every day it's like if I would ever have to schedule something as important as my kids into my life that way I would I would feel absolutely horrible about myself um, <laughs> Absolutely. Now, having said that, we're lucky as uh, humans in general to have people like Musk uh, alive because, you know, sure. we do need those people that are also gung-ho and very focused on that one goal. Yeah. But most of us don't need that. Most of us, most of us actually fare a lot better when we have a balance. Um, yeah. And when it comes to communication also, it's a lot more fun because remember, as we said earlier, you know, communication is the key to everything. People communicate with you a lot more easily just because it's a lot more enjoyable when they see that there's more in your mind than just work. I totally agree to that as well. Yeah, I once, just to give an example, uh, I once gave a speech at a university to a group uh, about entrepreneurship. 
um, it was communication in business. And I don't remember, but the guy who was supposed to, you know, give me the go ahead, we weren't, you know, connecting really. Like he, he was saying, yeah, you know, it would be good, but I'm not entirely sure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden I see on his wall a picture of the rock climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So I ask him about it. He says, oh, I love rock climbing. And at the time I was just learning how to rock climb because I'd been bouldering for a few years already. Yeah. And at that point, you know, so we started talking about that. And then he's like, you know what? I'll figure it out. Let's find a date. I'll figure out how to make this work. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah. So, life Makes is sense. important in communication also. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. What, uh, from, from, from a sales perspective then, what's, what's sort of, from, a, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, right? What, what's mm -hmm. generally the best way getting started with setting up a good sales process because i think that there's sort of two steps of the entrepreneurial journey when it comes to sales right uh, one is sort of making the first couple of sales but the the, the probably at least as important one is actually getting to the point where you have a an actual solid uh, sales process where you know you're, you're going through sales consistently and you're you're, you're keep improving and so on any any well, sort of either framework or, or something you, you want to share around that? Yeah, absolutely. So since each uh, sales process is a little bit different, um, also because of the product or service that you're selling, but also because of the person who's selling, yep. um, then what I recommend always is to document everything. Uh, meaning, you know, when was the call made? Um, when did the person reach out again or not? When you reached out again, document everything and at some point you'll find a pattern you know when you document everything you can also test you can make little changes and see little tweaks here and there and see what works what doesn't what improves things and what makes them worse also sometimes um once you find a pattern you can start you know then you have a guideline okay and then when you hire the first salesperson for example or the second or the third you know each one may tweak a little bit based on their personality but that basic guideline will be able to be used with every new hire. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So just, yeah. Document everything. Documentation, documentation. People love SOPs and data and so on. It, oh, and it works. It works. <laughs> you know, it, if you document everything, you know what to tweak, what not to tweak. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, one of my biggest pet peeves is that so many entrepreneurs, they, they, they establish a good marketing channel and then they're like, oh, now I want to try and do something else. So they've already found something that actually works, but they're still, you know, always looking for better solutions. So they basically stop something that is working to try something that might or might not work. And they actually forget about the thing that was working. And... I'm always very, very conscious, like in any business I ever in touch with, like if you find something that works, even if you want to do something else, you, you absolutely figure out a way for someone else to keep doing, like even if it's not you doing it, you, you, if you've figured out something to work, you, you want to make sure that, you know, someone else in the business keep doing that thing so that you don't end up losing that because the, the problem is if the new thing you're trying ain't working then you end up running around in circles and testing like 50 
billion new things and the latest social media stuff and so on, right? Uh, but that's definitely, yeah, horrible. No, absolutely. And there is also something else. If you're going to change something, and this is something I'm a big believer in, don't overhaul the entire process entirely. Change one thing at a time and see how it affects things. Because if you change more than one thing at a time, you won't know what it is that affected the result. Right. Yeah. So, so what I was mostly elaborating to was was basically, you know, people might figure out, oh, well, you know, if I send five LinkedIn messages every day, I I get some sales, right? And they might be, oh, you know, Facebook might be much better. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll go to Facebook. So they they literally drop the 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 the, the whole fundamental. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and they go somewhere totally different, right? But I, I totally agree with you with small changes. Like I'm, I'm also a super data nerd, right? So I, I, I love testing everything to the nth degree and, and having data and making good decisions based on that, right? But, but yeah, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, but I, I see what you mean also about people uh, leaving everything you know, behind and uh, trying something new just because, it might be, because they read an article somewhere that you know, this is the way to do it. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Ludwig, that was an awesome talk. Awesome talk. Thank you. Um, If people want to get in touch with you and so on, what's the best best place to get hold of you and so on? Uh, So if it's if you're looking for social media, then just my you know at my full name. That was a decision early on. It's easy to find me, Ludwig Villiers. It's a fairly uncommon name, so. I'm the only one that you'll find with that. Um, if you're looking for a website, the business website is Bear's Crest, which I'll send you the link so you can uh, use it. It's B-A-E-R-S-C-R-E-S-T.com. Um, and the new projects, you know, for the good life, the good life manifesto.com. That's where you'll find me. Excellent. Oh, let me just add, if anybody has a love of travel and birds, you can check me out on my personal website too. But I have a feeling that that will be fairly uncommon. <laughs> I, uh, I I definitely know a lot of my audience love traveling, but uh, birds specifically, I don't know anyone in that <laughs> niche. I would say. Yeah, I know. I, I'm one of the few. That's always good. It's always good to be unique. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Ludwig. That was awesome to talk with you, and uh, thank you very much for sharing all your knowledge and expertise thank you for having me it was a pleasure thank you for listening to the mad singers management podcast please leave a review it means the world to us you can also learn more about management at madsingers.com